Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Attorney Podcast, where we talk to women attorneys all over the United States who are amazing at what they do inside and outside of the legal profession. So as you know, Haitian Flag Day is held each year and celebrated on May 18th. So for the month of May, we're bringing you amazing interviews with women attorneys who just happen to be Haitian, such as myself. Today, our guest is the founder of JP Law and Wealth Advisors, Ms. Laurore Jean-Pierre, who is both a licensed financial advisor and a licensed attorney in Florida. She has worked in the financial field for nearly 10 years. While unconventional, she definitely has worked full time while also attending school. And I really wanna talk to her about it because she definitely broke the mold with that one. She graduated from FAMU College with honors, excuse me, FAMU College of Law with honors. She has a true passion for finance and understanding of the true freedom that comes from having control over your finances. She has implemented that drive and discipline, graduating law school with zero scholarships, zero loans. And she has followed, and to do that, she followed a detailed financial plan. And we're going to talk to her about that today. She currently holds securities and financials, financial licenses, series seven, series 63, and series 66. Additionally, she is currently on track to earning her CP, CFP license. It appears I've met my match when it comes to being a student for life. Ms. Jean-Pierre, thank you so much for being with us today to kick off another awesome week where we get to spread joy and definitely educate at the same time. So you are definitely a student for life, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm one of those who actually like school. Um, yes. It's kind of weird, but yes, it's just something about learning and constantly learning and you know challenging yourself. I do love it. And I mean, as an attorney, as you know, you have to love that part because you're constantly learning, constantly yeah. relying on your brain. So it's definitely, it's good <laughs> in a way to have that love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely love learning. Um, you know, my family is always like, you know, Ms. Ami, I've never seen somebody who loves, you know, school. I remember when I told my family I was going for the LLM and my aunt was like, again? <laughs> like, what is that? It's crazy, and, though, right? Because in culturally, they want us to go to school. It's they call leglis like I like they exactly. want us to go to school. That's it. And then when we do it, it's too much. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> the three, the three yeah. they call which is school. Lakai means home, and leglis is church. <laughs> that's all. If you that's it. Those are the three L's. I love that. I love that. Well, we're incorporating, you know, definitely that learning component. Um, so I, I really want to start off with asking you, like, how did you make the decision, um, to kind of fall in love with finances or was it just something that you've always wanted to do, you know, as a kid growing up? I actually wanted to be an attorney as a kid growing up. Finance kind of fell into it. Okay. Um, and then I fell in love with it. So I started my first financial job really was as a personal banker. And from there, I realized, oh my gosh, this is something that we don't talk about really, like right in our community, in school, mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. the things that we should know by the time that we're at least like, you know, an adult, 18, mm -hmm. <laughs> that we have mm -hmm. no idea about. So being a personal banker, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new world, right? And I was just so amazed with it. So I knew I wanted to stay in the financial world, but I still wanted to go to law school. So I was trying to figure out how I'm gonna go ahead and do both to still be this financial person, but also pursue a law career. 
and somehow it worked out and I'm doing both. So <laughs> that's crazy. And I love that you said that because in our culture, there are our parents or our family's idea of talking us about fine to finances. Hey, today is um, basically telling us not to spend all of our money on crap. And we're like, what does that even mean? You know, and <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't like, know what that means. What? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And, you know, it's, it's either that or it's, you know, like, because for you, what you're buying for you, for them, they see it as garbage. They yeah, see it as, you know, you're spending your money? money on junk, like a pair of sneakers, you know, Jardin, like, you know, it's, it's like, cheaper. It's right. It's like, because mom, they're in, they're the latest sneakers. And like, latest, did you, oh, did you get this? When I was a child, I had one pair of shoes for the there. entire year. <laughs> the for church, school, all together, just one shoe. Yes, really? just one yeah, shoe. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know. And it's like, and I had to walk two miles a day one way in that same pair of it's shoes. I'm like, wow. And it's like, really? So you had no cars? Never, never. It's always walking. My shit. Like, yes, yes, walking, walking, yes, really? not a bicycle, not a scooter, nothing. Okay, walk walking. Walking. Uh -huh. All other parents, I swear they have the same story to try to oh, pressure yes. you into not yes. spending any money and yes. not, you know, just saving it. And it's like saving it, but you've never taught me how to budget. So how do I there save you go. everything? There you Maybe go. Yeah. Like I'm saving, but I'm also enjoying life and buying the things that yes. I want that I work hard for. And yes. that's the key thing that we, I think, we miss in our community, right? To have that perfect balance where we are saving and making sure that we're responsible, but also being able to enjoy life because at the end of the day, when you pass away, all that saving is for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but you you know what? That's exactly what, what I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit is, yes, they save money, but they don't enjoy it, right? Exactly. Like my, my, you know, my family didn't start really doing vacations probably until the past few years. I'm like, yeah. but you guys are in your 60s. You know, like, what's going on? Like, my dad would go to Haiti. It's like the fear of, like, you know, running out of money, not having enough so, like, they get into this idea because they, they've never been exposed to really, you know, a financial plan and budgeting, things like that. So yeah. they get in their mind that if they don't save, then they're going to run out of money. Then they're going to go back to that, you know, poverty mindset. So they feel like I have to save every penny. And then as they get older, you're like, okay, I can lay back a little bit. But by that time, it's like you're 60. You should be enjoying life before you're 60. 60 yeah. is not like the ultimate, you know, age to enjoy life, <laughs> unfortunately. That's what yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's a, a lot that you can't do, you know, especially if you don't take care of yourself and you've been working yourself to death, um, which attorneys are, are good for. Um, <laughs> we are. <laughs> you know, there's just so much you can't, you know, you <clears throat> just can't do. So I definitely agree with you. Um, on that. So when you, you go to law school and you're thinking, okay, so I'm going to work and I'm going to continue to attend. Like, how was that? Cause I remember they, they just told us we, we couldn't work. I was yeah. like, I got to stay broke for a full year. Yes. Pretty much. Um, so how'd you, how'd you balance that though? Because that's what, you know, first year of law school is, and I don't know about you, but for me, I cried a lot. I was like, this is not easy. Um, so how did you kind of balance, yeah, learning a new language, a new way of thinking and, you know, 
I mean, clearly you mastered it. You graduated cum laude, you know, from FAMU. But ultimately, like, how did you get to a point where you can, like, finally juggle and say, okay, I can breathe now while working? I mean, it was hard, honestly. It's not, I wouldn't, looking back at it, um, I may have done some things differently. But in my mind, I was so focused on not graduating, not taking out any loans. I was so set on that. I was like, okay, no matter what it takes, whatever, I have to work all, you know, full time and go to school part time, thankfully, um, family was one of the schools that allowed you to do part-time so you could work and have a working mom or for the, you know, adults that have a separate career before law school. So for me, it was very important that I did not take out any loans. So it was really being disciplined and being organized. So I would get off work at 5, 5.30, jump on the highway, get to class at 6, and just making sure I did it. And it was, you get so in the kind of like autopilot mode, you don't even think about it. You're just like, okay, class, school, class, work. And you just, until your body sometimes forces you to think about it, right? Um, but in the end, I could say that it was well worth it because I could yeah. say that, you know, once I graduated, I didn't have the pressure of having loans or anything like that. And I did it my way. Um, was it stressed and exhausting? 100%. Would I recommend it to anyone? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> And I really want to, yeah, but please talk to us about that because that's a huge accomplishment, right? Um, You know, most of us graduate with at minimum, you know, six figure debt from law school. So how did you ultimately find a way to pay for those three years of law school or, well, you went part-time, so it's four years. um, and, you know, what did that look like? And, and how did you feel? I'm sure you felt great. But, you know, what did that look like? Yeah. But um, really budgeting. So I knew for sure, I, you know, before law school, I, I was in the typical law student. I didn't go straight from undergrad to law school. Um, so I did take a break. And during that time, I saved, right? So I knew that the school I was going to go to, it had to be a school that was affordable. So in researching school and choosing schools, I made sure that it was something that I could afford out of pocket. That made sense. And at the time, PAMU and FSU and FIU, which is also in Miami, was kind of like my choices. Um, and from there, I did really work. And then I did um, tuition reimbursement. Thankfully, the company I was working for, most part of the law school, they offered tuition reimbursement. And they had like no strings attached, meaning that the minute that I they paid for it, I didn't have to stay at the company for a certain amount of years to pay back. So that was great. Um, and day trading, so my love of finance. Um, I learned how to trade early wow. on. And I day traded throughout law school and work. Um, something I would not recommend to everyone. Uh, it's yeah. not that easy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was one of the ways, that, that's one of the many ways that I went ahead and paid for law school because I was so... I was so disciplined. I was so focused. I was. I. I, I have friends that graduated law school. They were in three fifty in debt, and to me, that's a whole house. You know, that's a home. I did not want to owe that much in debt. So I was so disciplined and so focused on saying, okay, this is the plan. I have to do it. This is the budget for it. This is how I'm gonna get it done and do it. And you know, think about the stress after the fact, but yes. during it, <laughs> just yes. making sure I stay focused. Yeah. Yeah. During. Doing all that and staying focused is is huge because you just want to quit. Oh, you want to quit. An everyday thing. I think I remember calling my sister at least three times a week. Yeah. At least. 
to say yeah. I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I just, I'm, I'm packing it in and, and I'm good. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about that um, backstage where I was telling you, well, I, let me ask you this really. Um, Cause I mean, you've been doing finances for a really long time. Like for me, you're, you're the finance person and it's hilarious. Cause they say that we go to law school cause we're not good with numbers. Yeah. And you're just like breaking all doors. Like hold my beer, watch me. Right. I'm <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I love numbers. What do you mean? Let's yeah. go. For me, I, girl, I have, let me tell you how much I hate numbers. My, <laughs> me and my accountant, we had a meeting in March, two months ago. She was like, well, Marie, I think we need to kind of pull back some of the expenses. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. Well, I need you to look at your bank statements um, for the business. And I need you to kind of, you know, highlight the little things. Because the little things add up so much. And you don't realize it until the end of the month. So I was like, okay, that was two months ago. I have, I've printed, I have shifted that one bank statement around my desk. <laughs> like 14 times just so I don't look at it because yeah. in my mind if I look at the where the money is going then the fact that I have to stop spending so much becomes real yeah it just does <laughs> it becomes real right and I want to do it I'm gonna do it but it's just I I just keep yeah I just Keep shifting this the one statement. And all I gotta do is look at one statement. But in my just mind, one. I'm just yeah, because last year, you know, I looked at um all of the, the things that we did in the non-billables, and I love doing pro bono work. I have no issues with it. But some mm -hmm. cases, as you know, you're forced to do pro bono and or not necessarily charged. exactly. <laughs> so as I started adding those numbers up and I got into six figures, I said, I'm shutting this down. I said, I, I can't. I'm shutting this down. And pro bono? Well, yeah, for the forced pro bono. So that 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 hurt a little bit. Um, so me and numbers, we don't like each other. We don't like <laughs> each other. In my mind, I, I'm, I just need an unlimited credit card somewhere. Somebody else could pay. <laughs> I don't want to pay. But you handle it. You kind of just let me know what I can spend and we're good. We're good. That's <laughs> it. Do what you got to do. Um, so with that said... Um, number one, what is the biggest pain point that you see surrounding law firms and finances? Um, not to pick on you, right? But not addressing it. <laughs> <laughs> because okay. you push it off. Just because you push it off and think like I'm gonna do it for later doesn't mean that it's not real, it's not happening, oh. right? It's okay. still there. And you have to like kind of think of it. The reason actually I think that I love finance is because in the end of the day, it's my money, right? I think that's why I love numbers, right? If I think of it that way, then I want to know where every penny is going and be yeah. accountable for that and know how I can go ahead and make sure that either I'm spending less or be efficient with my money. Mm. So really it's just, you know, making sure that don't push it back, be embrace it and make it like kind of like a thing that you do on a daily, not daily, maybe like a weekly thing. So okay. you don't feel the end where you feel overwhelmed and this constant thing that you have to like, eh, later, uh, next week. Oh, uh, next week. okay. So, okay. I love, I love that. Okay. Okay. So yeah. definitely you, look you know, at it first. Last school, they used to tell us, right, we eat a big elephant by one bite at a time. It's like an old weird saying, but, yeah. <laughs> but to the point of, you know, like if we do little by little, 
and we don't live it to the end where it's this big burden of like, oh my gosh, my accounting for the quarter. So it's yeah. like a whole three months of accounting, but we do little by little, then it makes it easier and less worrisome and like, oh, I have to deal with this again. I did not think about that. So I can do something like a like a weekly, you know, Friday yeah. session. Um, because Friday is our last day. And I'm I'm definitely writing this down. Um yeah, Friday is usually so our that's overwhelming. Yeah, we we close every other Friday and I could actually make it a bi-weekly thing um, where, you know, when we are closed and we're not inundated with phone calls, we can do that. But it is so difficult to to see, you know, where all the money is going and to confront it. So I love that. Today said, you know, definitely little by little. Um, And it's just, I I figure that there is a pain point that you kind of see over and over and over when dealing with individuals or other firms and and stuff like that. Um, So I love that you're saying just confront it. Um, And I think, you know, human beings, we tend to kind of like, just want to, you know, I don't, let me just watch Netflix. That's very real. real. You just talk about it, but it's it's there. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's still there and it's getting worse. So, and you know, and you don't want that. So I love that. Um, What would you say, um, because I know we, in your intro, we talked about, you know, how you've managed to figure out like control over your finances and, you know, you help your clients implement that. So what does control over your finances kind of just look like? You don't have to like break everything down, but just like, what is at least one thing um, that someone can look at and say, oh, okay, I need improvement here or I'm good here and I can move on to something else. Yeah, um, something as simple as budget, right? Mm-hmm. We think about it and we think about the budget. We have to make sure we have everything down, but <clears throat> not necessarily. So it's just a matter of saying, okay, this is how much that I bring in. And this is how much I'm expected to bring out. So you know where your money's going. So you kind of plan for it. So when things are happening, you don't get caught by surprise. and like, oh my gosh, where did this come from? Because yeah. you're expecting it and you're planning for it accordingly. So yeah. it's as simple as budgeting. You know, we don't have to go into, you know, the, you know, debt repayment or savings. Just start with budgeting. Just start with saying, okay, this is how much I bring in. This is how much that I'm expecting to go ahead and bring out as far as my expenses. And let's see where we fall and how to go ahead and plan accordingly, right? To make sure that we're aware of it. So it can be more efficient. So we know where every pen is going and be more efficient with that. Yeah. The debt repayment programs, they are not good. Um, I don't think that they're the best. Yeah, they're really, really not the best. And I understand that for some people, um, you know, they may be the only option. But I mean, from my understanding, and and I mean, I've never um, participated, but from my understanding, their whole business acumen is don't pay anything let them send everything to, you know, collections or whatever. And then we buy it on the dollar, pennies on the dollar, and then we pay everything back. You know, basically telling people to just ruin their credit even worse than it is. And what I find is, because we do a lot of estate work um, with a probate, uh, when people pass away, we administer estates. We negotiate these debts. These companies are willing to negotiate. So if they're willing to negotiate you know, knowing that there's a huge pot of money sitting here with this person's estate, I'm sure they're willing to negotiate while you're alive. Yeah, they are. You know? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. And the thing Um, about it is that things like with finances, right, there's so many generalized advice out there 
that people think that anything that seems to be that sounds good is you know the right way because and it's not your situation is different than this person right so when somebody's telling you this is going to be the best way to adjust this but it's like don't take into account your whole financial history your habits everything else that could change that so you have to make sure that when you're listening to whether financial advice or anything else that you make sure it's catered to you it's unique to your situation your emotions your past and all those things that go into it because those companies they just kind of like have a in the box and you know this as an attorney not yeah. everything fits a little small box where everyone fits perfectly yes. everything Listen, is this person if things could fit in a small box perfectly not only would we be less stressed but we'd have more clients right yeah. because we can turn things out a lot quicker we can't. Yeah. Things come up. Um, Tanae was saying that um, the broadcast keeps freezing. I don't know what happened. Um, it was freezing a little earlier. Um, it's not, I'm not freezing. It's freezing on your end. But if it happens again, we'll just keep going. Um, okay. Yeah. Sometimes it, it does that. But um, as far as... Um, you know, just the, the whole financial thing um, goes, when did you, um, <laughs> sorry, Tanae, uh, you totally messed me up. I'm gonna get you. Um, this is my friend. <laughs> what are you, I was, what are you um, essentially the most proud of in your business? Having the, that unique approach, I think that's what I'm most proud of because Clients can come to me and they're happy that I can provide both services. And we're the first and only firm that has that. So to me, it's like my baby. It's like, oh my God, this is something that I've imagined and it's actually becoming into reality. And having clients appreciate that and see the vision. It's one thing for you to see the vision and say, yeah, this is going to be great. Like, I think they're going to love it. But when you get the feedback that they do love it and that it's working and it makes sense and it's like, okay, I, yeah. I do it. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing it. So it's working. Oh, so I yeah. think that's, yeah. I, I mm -hmm. love that. And we're like that too. So we do estates and trusts and tax. So nice. when our clients come to us either for probate matters or to prepare their estate plans, um, you know, they usually go to individuals that um, maybe at like one of those commercial places like H&R Block that still charges you, you know, $400, <laughs> even if you, you know, have a $25 refund or if you owe 3000, right? They don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a lot, so a lot of my clients are really excited to know that, you know, tax prep and tax audit services is something that, you know, we also um, provide. So I agree with you because it's just, for me, I would rather have an attorney working on my taxes because not only do they understand the audit rules, but they can be there if something happens. You know, so in your case, it's the same thing. You know, you're working on a case and finances kind of hit the wall or something like that. You can help a client restructure, um, you know, to achieve certain things. And it's amazing that, you know, you're going in for your CFP license, um, even though you have three licenses already. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, she has to sit through like eight one hour exams. I was like, she is not playing. Why? It's like the bar for finances, but yeah. I mean, the series seven is the two-day test, and you sit down for eight hours, and yeah. I like school, but it's like that extra certification to just differentiate yourself from everybody else. Um, that, yeah, that's why I got that. Like, <laughs> that's why I got that LLM. 
It's exactly. Like, I thought about it too, but I was like, oh, that's X tax. That's why I got that LOM. Yeah, when they see my name, it has three extra letters behind it. <laughs> the same yep. thing with yours is going to have three extra letters behind it. Exactly. It's like, you know, okay, so that's really, really a little bit more up there. Yeah. I know. But don't be surprised when it's just so bizarre how things just get thrown onto your plate. So don't be surprised once you get that CFP license, you have like eight clients knocking at your door. You're like, where did you guys come from? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, speaking of which, any advice for like new law firm owners or just new business startups? Um, you know, in general, I know Tanae just started her um, law firm. She's kind of just like baby stepping into it. Um, but do you have any advice for people like that who, you know, may not have a shit ton of capital, but, um, you know, just ultimately wants to start something, um, you know, that they can grow and, and turn into a bit of a legacy? Yeah, definitely. And I think we talked about this a little bit backstage, but, you know, when you first start off, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to offer you things, right? For me, it was a big thing about, okay, again, with costs, I wanted to keep my costs low, but also knowing it's like, I know we talk about delegating things, delegating to this person and this in person, but when you're starting off, know the things that you can handle. Not everything needs to be delegated. I know it's kind of like I'm the opposite of whatever everybody's saying, but not everything needs to be delegated. If you can do it and you have the capacity and you can do it without being overwhelmed and stressed, handle it. You yeah. don't have to go ahead and delegate that to somebody else and, you know, add that extra expense to your law firm. Go ahead and do it. You know, of course, if it's something that you're not familiar with and you can't do it on your own, of course, then delegate, but also shop around. Because there yeah. is going to be knocking at your door, offering you the sky and, and everything else, <laughs> you know, taking your money before you make it. So yep. just really thinking about, do I really need this? Do I need another bar association that I need to be part of? Do I really? Yeah. No. <laughs> do I need this other membership? And it's like, really think about what are the things that are going to be beneficial, not only for the firm, but for you. You don't have that many hours. You think that, you know, well, I'll be my own boss. I can do whatever. And then you realize, no. I'm still here at 11 o'clock no. typing away and figuring out how to do things. And it's like, you don't have all the time in the world. No, no, yeah. no, you don't. Stop lying. It's the, yeah, the like, people oh, who man, have free time. I can do whatever. And it's like, no, you have less time, actually. And you yeah. realize your four hours become 10 hours. Yep. And you have to figure it out. Yep. And I mean, you know, realistically, the people who have more time are the people who have delegated 95% of their everything. Um, and they're kind of just doing 5% of, you know, slapping their name on something. And if, I mean, if it works for them, it works for them. And the others are the people who have endless resources and, you know, once again, can delegate, right? Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. You don't have to delegate and everything. I personally <clears throat> like to know what the heck's going on. Um you know, but I am finding I don't like the stressful legal work. I like the legal work that I know is moving things forward, right? Yeah. So when we're doing an estate, I know that filling out this paperwork is going to move the estate. It's going to open the estate. If I fill out the inventory, we're at the middle. If I fill out the accounting, we're at the end. Yeah. I, I don't <laughs> like the, I don't like all of the, the chaos, um, that comes with sometimes um, being an attorney. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, how do you kind of manage all that? You know, cause I mean, you're running essentially two firms in one, right? 
<laughs> so how do you how do you work on you know managing that? I think for me so far is choosing the right clients, right, and making sure that and it's, it took me. I mean, I haven't been practicing for so long, but trying to find my niche, like you know, saying okay, this is the kind of clients that I want. At first, I remember when I first started, I was like, I'm going to do bankruptcy, this and that, and then I realized. You hate bankruptcy. Did you say immigration? <laughs> did you hate? Did you say immigration? I, thought I, was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, me too. I'm good. This is for you. And the thing is, like finding the thing that works for you, right? Some people say, like, oh, personal injury is easy, but for me, that's not what I'm passionate about. Finding yeah. something that works because then it it is work, but then it becomes less stressful because you're doing it and you enjoy figuring it out. So it's taking, you know, I enjoy figuring it out and looking at the statutes and figuring out what's going to be best for my client. Um, and finding my niche, so it's like, okay, I'm going to special, like, specialize in estate planning and small business, so I could become an expert in that field. And also with the, um, the financial side, making sure that they, they make sense, right? Financial planning and estate planning, they marry each other. They cannot, you cannot have one without the other. So then making sure, okay, I'm focused on this kind of, you know, my niche in the practice area that I've chosen that makes sense for me and that's going to reduce my stress. And it has, because in the beginning, I was all over the place. I was like, oh, bankruptcy. Mm, yeah, I could dabble in it. And yeah. I'm like, no, you can't. You can't. And then me. out that's like, okay, once I have that perfect niche and realizing, okay, this is what works best for me and it makes me happy, and I could choose my clients and say, okay, I actually don't offer that. I don't specialize in this. And I'm okay referring the client away. And that has honestly been a game changer. It has. Yeah. And it makes you, it just makes you happy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for us, it was, I think when I started, I was doing everything. Like I was literally, my office was in a, another attorney suite's kitchen. You know, I had the round table. I would go in there. Listen, you couldn't tell me nothing about that kitchen. I was so proud to have a space. I was working, man, I was working what, 16 hours a day, you know, wake up, go to the office, get there at 6 a.m. I won't come home till like, you know, 9, 10. Then I'm still sending out emails doing this. And then at six months, it was like, okay, it's, it's time to go, you know, move on. Yeah, and then I got a bigger office. I'm like, oh, okay, this is really real. I just feel like I appreciated just the opportunity, you know, to grind it out, um, yeah. you know, when I first started. But like you said, at the same time, it's like, once you start making adult money, I don't know how they find you. Just everybody is just knocking at your door. They sure um, do. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, hi, Trey yeah. here. I would love yes. to know. Thank you yes. so much for knowing you. No, yes. Thank you. Girl, it. it was it was everything. And, and I was just like, okay, I can't. I just can't. I need to kind of pare it down. And then we pared it down. Um, we added family law to what we have now. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't think family law kind of belongs in this and so we removed it and yeah. so now it's just estates and trusts and tax um i i like those areas i feel like i'm i'm pretty much like overhauling everything um because you know litigation is very different from transactional um so yeah. that's been yeah yeah it's been very um very interesting do you have like a huge haitian community or haitian following um in your area um not so much. So I main practice in Orlando. Okay. So Central Florida. In Miami, yes. But in oh, Central yeah. Florida, not so much. Um, at least not that I found. 
Um, I have a few Haitian clients here and there, but not so much as I was in actually my main offices in Miami. That would be like, you know, my parents, it's funny, like they don't, they don't quite get what kind of law I practice. Everyone <laughs> to me. And I'm like, no, like criminal clients, I'm like, criminal, I mean, you want this person to go to jail for life? The person will but, be back there like, I, I thought attorney Jean-Pierre could help me. Well, I told oh, you I don't have criminal luck. law. They have better luck presenting themselves than me. Like, no. Oh my God. But, you know, your parents know your attorney, your friends know your attorney. They're like, oh yeah, I know this attorney. Give her a call. And I'm like, yeah. No, my yeah. no. Thankfully, they 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 don't do that. I get the instead. I get random phone calls asking to give advice to some random person in New York over the phone. Like, just you know, my aunt will call. Atole Jean Baptiste, I have a question for you. And I'm like, okay. And it's like, so and so's baby mother did X, Y, and Z to him. What do you think he should do? Well, um, what I think you should do is get off my phone before you get me, <laughs> you get my license taken away for practicing outside of my jurisdiction. I'm not a New York attorney. What are you doing? I don't know anything about New York law. Like, they like, think you know all the laws of all the land. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And then when you don't oh. want to answer, it's like, oh, we know you're so righteous and, and you do everything by the book. Yes. I earned this thing and it cost me quite a few dollars. Cool. And so and like, that's like, can you imagine being like disbarred because something so small and everything that you work for just disappeared because you wanted to give a quick advice yeah. to someone yeah. that it's not worth yeah. it. No, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm moving in with that person because somebody's going <laughs> to help me <pay> mortgage. <laughs> right. We're moving in together, but yeah, my yeah, my yeah, my family does the same thing. It's so funny. How did your parents? Um, and this is the last question I'm going to ask you. Well, I got one more. But um, <laughs> how did your parents react when you told them that you know ultimately you wanted to go to law school? Were they excited? Yeah, I mean, my parents always knew because I mean, like in Haiti, so you know, avocado. That's like you know, that's like the thing, right? You either right. what is it in, ha in Haitian culture? You Lawyer, doctor, doctor, nurse, engineer. But that's it, right? Um, <laughs> that's like the only options. No, so, no. of course, they always knew I was going to follow that path, but it was what was the happiest moment is when I called my grandma when I found out that I passed the bar. I was working as a financial advisor at Maryland. So we were on a conference call and I looked and I passed the bar. I hung up on the conference call. Probably could have lost my job that day, but I called my <laughs> grandma <laughs> and I was talking to her and she was crying and she's like, We did it. And it was like, like you know, it was like we, because it's see as like the entire family making it. So it's kind of right. like we did it. That's you right. Know? So that's right. that was like the happiest moment. Like going through law school, it was kind of like, you know, of course, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Go to law school, mm -hmm. become an attorney, and that's it. Yeah. But yeah. having passed the bar and seeing that you're doing it, you did it for us, that was like, like the proudest moment. That is awesome. My moment was. Definitely proud, but I was not working as a financial anything. I, girl, I was at Kohl's earning like $8 an hour, working my ass off for a $200 a week check. Let me tell you, Black Friday was some of the worst times ever. Oh my gosh. No, I was coming home at like two o'clock in the morning. And I, at the time I had a Kohl's credit card. And I kid you not, like I would find shirts I think I went home with like 15 Oreo t-shirts.
shirts. I don't watch baseball. Like I think about baseball, but the shirts were like 20 cents each because I was working at Kohl's and I worked customer service. So when people brought back stuff or when things went on sale, yeah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Speaking of which, I'm just going to buy everything here. You know, meanwhile, waiting for bar exam results, zero income coming in, waiting for Nissan to come get their car. But I was so happy working for that $8 an hour and um, took the bar, did what I had to do. And we're, I'm in the, um, the cafeteria room or the lunch break. And so I was like, I checked my results. I was like, all right, if, if we don't do this, we're, we're figuring something out, right? So I go in and I check it and I see my number and I see pass. Uh, girl, I just screamed out, oh my gosh, I passed. There were like three people in the break room like, what the hell is her problem? <laughs> they don't, because they didn't know. I was like, I passed the bar exam. They were still looking at me like, we're trying to watch TV. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? So I pick up the phone and call my mom. And I was like, hey, she's like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, I know. I'm like, I didn't pass. Oh, that's okay, Nadine. Don't worry. I'm like, gotcha. I passed. Oh, way. <laughs> Not the own way. <laughs> yeah, yes. She was just like, she's like, yes, yes. <laughs> so it, it it was an it was an awesome time. I yelled and I screamed and I was just so grateful because like you said, like you work so hard, you know, and to just be able to 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 get to the finish line. Yeah. It's just it's awesome. It is definitely awesome. So that brings me to my last question. Um if you were to leave an impact, and I know it's gonna be surrounded by finances because you are the finance guru. If you were to leave an impact on your community, what would you want that to be? To where everyone is financially stable. Love it. You know, it's not about being rich. It's not about being this wealthy, you know, just being financially stable and be able to pass that down, right? We talk about generational wealth. That's like the buzzing around word around. <clears throat> but people think about it as if, you know, just accumulating wealth, just getting rich. But it's like, being able to pass that education down to your family, to pass it down through estate planning, right? To make sure that everyone has that financial knowledge. So their next generation is starting off a little better than you started off. And it continues that way. So it doesn't just stop with you, but you continue to pass it on. So where it's like, we're not all millionaires and rich, but we're okay. We're financially stable because we've done the work. We've done the planning. We've done the budgeting. We've done the research and the work that needs to be done. And we could pass it down to our next generation, right? And then that goes along with the estate planning by passing it down to our next generation, making sure that we have set it up so our next generation can be able to avoid probate and the cost of hiring high-paying attorneys, but making sure that everything goes smoothly. Yeah. So that's honestly the vision. <laughs> I love so. it. I love it. Financial literacy is is everything, and not just you know, scaring your children into saving or telling them, that, you know, they shouldn't spend their money on a pair of sneakers, mother. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hear it after this, but just, you know, allowing um, that education to take place. You know, one of the things that I love um, about, and rather I've, I've realized um, with this platform is I actually love being an educator who is able to gain knowledge to help people 
more so than I like being kind of in the trenches in court. And because I think as attorneys, we have a very unique um, platform where we actually know how to research and we know how to piece things together. Um, and I think it's, it's important for us to kind of, you know, spread that value, spread that, that knowledge that we have. And you are clearly doing that. And, you know, I just want to thank you as, you know, fellow Haitian attorney, fellow woman, fellow business owner, fellow human, right, that is out there working and teaching people and not just kind of hoarding all the knowledge, you know, for yourself. So it's, it's very important. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for having um, me. I'm, I'm sure people are like, what language are they speaking? That's not, <laughs> it is not. It is Haitian Creole. And um, it is our, our, our language, even though I butcher it all the time. It sounds like you speak Creole a lot better than I do. Um, but thank you so much for helping me, you know, celebrate a little bit of our heritage. Um, yes. And if people want to um, find you, where can they um, do so? Yeah, so on IG, I'm at The Finance Attorney, so T-H-E, The Finance Attorney. Um, website is www.jplawandwalk.com or at info.jplawandwalk.com. And my office is in Miami and um, also Orlando. Okay. I love that JP Law and Wealth because it, it clearly shows this is what we do. This is how we do it. So with that said, Ms. Jean-Pierre, thank you so much for being here with us. My name is Marie Eve Jean Baptiste. I am the owner and CEO of the Saint Eve Law Firm here located in Towson. Please follow, like, and subscribe. We are on all social media outlets. And if you would like a replay of this interview, you can definitely find it on all those same outlets. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for being here with us. Thank you, Laura. Have a great day.